Hey, everybody. Howdy. I'm Alan. I'm Brent. And we're here for another episode of AB Testing. What hey. number are we, Brent? I believe we're 73. I believe you are correct. Yeah. We made it to 73. It's been a long time coming, and this is our last show of 2017, right? It is. Next time we talk to you, it'll be a whole new year. Happy holidays, everyone. Happy, Happy new year. All of those things, yeah. How you been? I'm What's tired. I, I just, tired. I just got back from not just, I was in Moscow last week. Yeah, you know what? Some of the questions that you were sending me made me a little concerned. <laughs> I'm like, huh, Alan needs to make it home. We got the end of the year episode to do. I had a lot of time in between talks and at nights and things. I was doing a bunch of work and I had some questions like, hey, how can I do this thing? What would you, do? and mainly just kind of. Brent as a sounding board? Oh, those weren't the ones that bothered me. What were the questions that the, I asked? The, the ones they... that gave me an idea that that uh, you may you may choose to be extra dramatic on your presentation. You know, one of the things, though, so I saw your I'm, deck. I'm always dramatic in my presentations. I saw your deck. A little bit of controversy never hurt anybody. Um, sure. Depending on where you are, yes, I think. Yes, you, <laughs> you saw my deck. I thought the deck was was uh, as usual, fantastically done. Uh, the slide with introducing the modern tester. I drew that guy. No, and, and actually, <laughs> no. And the thing is, is that um, that guy. <laughs> so Alan in this deck, if you haven't seen it, uh, we'll probably post a link to it. Drew Maybe. a drew a stick figure, and uh, I will say it is one of the better stick figures I've seen. I don't think I could draw a stick figure that good. <laughs> um, <clears throat> there was, in high school, as an aside. Yeah. Tangent inception. Thank yep. You. So in, in high school and in college, you're required to take, you know, some sort of um, arts classes. Theoretically, to round yourself out, I'm sure... Um, you didn't have a problem with that being a music major. I'm pretty certain that that counted. So I always tended towards photography because the the way you do art with photography is a little bit more scientific. It, exactly, it's a little more yeah. sciency. Yeah. How much light do I let in? That's a science question. Right. And then and then it's about how you frame the shot and and I always like doing sort of the different sort of camera trick shots. Um, like one of my favorite techniques was taking the same picture three times, but with a different lens. So if with if if you if you put a different color filter lens, red, green, blue, and you take the same shot three times, so you can set your camera typically. Well, this is old school cameras with film. You could set it to not advance the film until you want it to. You reduce the light by obviously down to one-third because you're going to take three shots. But then what you do is you take it with a red filter. Then you move some stuff around. Then you take it with a green filter, move stuff around again, and then you take it with the blue filter, and then you move stuff around. And then what ends up happening is the stuff you didn't move looks like a normal shot. But the stuff you moved uh, show up in your image with the color of the filter yeah. that they were there. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, very scientific, formulaic approach to art, right? Yeah. And then, I mean, there was it's another. It's like following a recipe. It is. It is. 
It, it's by no means art, but it was fun, and I guess that's part of art. So this story came all out of the stick figure. It did. It did. So I was talking to someone in Russia, and luckily in English because my Russian is um, two words. So Da and what? Spasiba. It means thank you. Oh, okay. He says, I like your podcast. Normally, I don't like when people do some banter at the beginning of their podcast. But with you guys, it's sometimes funny. (laughs) (laughs) So I said, thank you. Yeah. I mean, that's a higher bar than we've been seeking. Sometimes funny. (laughs) Indeed, indeed, indeed. So there was something else I was going to tell you. Oh, I sent you some questions, doing a lot of thinking and working over there, both on my local team and on the presentation. Uh, you can see that that's the presentation evolved out of my technical testing presentation. You can see it's there's some remnants there, but it's moved a lot forward. And I will let you know and the three know, asterisk, that the stick figure and that slide will be returning for my Test Bash Brighton talk on the adventures of the modern. Oh, Test. so, yeah, you're not going to pre pre do pre upload the deck. This is well, no, I can. I can. That's fine. But definitely. As I started figuring out what I was doing here at the there at the conference and like the message I wanted to send, and basically I originally went in with something closer to my technical testing talk, but the audience there was very technical. There weren't a lot of this typical uh, at some conferences and some circles of of testers who like were trying to justify their their job of of refusing to be technical or refusing to write code. I mean, there's guys that one of the presenters there is one of the contributors to, I mean, actually contributors to Selenium, contributors to Jenkins. Uh, there's some fairly technical people there. So I had, I wanted to go a little bit different direction and, and talk about the modern tester a little bit more. So that's what I did. That, that, that's why it evolved that direction. And I was really happy with where it ended up. How was the feedback of the presentation? I haven't got the verbatim feedback. I got tons of questions afterwards, lots of, of the, you know, 10 people I talked to, they all really liked it. But I don't know if the other 200 hated it. or <laughs> we'll, fi- we'll find out. Oh, the other thing I've been doing, I haven't written, except for running through some tutorials, pretty much zero code since I started at Unity. And one of my team members pointed me to this thing called Advent of Code. And this thing in December where there's a new problem-solving thing every day. And I've been running through those. It's, there's a kind of a stupid story. Uh, I think stupid's fair. That goes along with it. The days are supposed to get progressively harder. But for me, it's more of a, a jagged, unpredictable thing. Like two days ago, I struggled. Uh, it was – I understood – took me a while to understand the directions. Then I kind of understood the problem. Just like uh, – I just couldn't get my head around it. And I thought, okay, just given that, this is probably the last day I do. Then last night's came out. It's like, oh, shit, that's easy. I did it like in, in half hour. So I will keep on doing it. I'm already 15 days in. I only have 10 days to go. I saw your tweet when you did the first day. Uh-huh. And, I, and I went and looked at it, and I'm like, oh, that looks fun. You don't, you're in, you don't have time. but You're in a break between classes. You can do it now. Yeah, but now I would have to, I mean, can I go back and do the old days? Yeah, for sure. Oh. So I did actually the first puzzle of the first day. 
So when you sent out the tweet, yeah. that was yeah, day yeah. one, and I did the first puddle. Uh, I don't know how often it, it happens, but there's, at least on day one, because I haven't gotten to day two. Here's, so. here's the question. What language did you do it in? Uh, in this instance, like that first one, I actually did it in Excel. I did day three <laughs> in Excel. Was actually, yep. I, that's an Excel problem. I'll just do it there. Yeah. And this is the weird thing, working at Microsoft for so long. I never really learned C-sharp. I mean, I used it, but I wrote very procedural C-sharp and didn't use much of the language. I learned C-sharp, and, and uh, as listeners, uh, long-time listeners will, will recall, I spent time as a dev lead. But the last time someone commented on my C-sharp skills, their, their phrasing was literally, Brent, you have mad .NET 2.0 skills. And this was at a time when uh, 5.0 had already been shipped. <laughs> I've been learning a lot. My C-sharp kind of sucks, but I'm getting better. at. I, I learned Link. Uh, just I forced – I wanted to learn how it works and there's some places where I thought it would work and I kind of learned it. I'm, I'm learning a lot. I'm not very good at it. Uh, I have full admission – Last night when I saw problem 15, day 15, I looked at it and said. I'm linking that up. No. Oh. No. I I thought, I know how to do this in C. I wonder how long it'll take me to learn it in C sharp. And then I thought for about, literally, it felt like a long time. It was like a half a second. I said, screw it. I'm doing it in C. So I did day 15 in C. C++ actually. (sighs) C++ is something that uh, I never really mastered. I feel much- I could code all day long in C, but no one does that anymore except for maybe at school, at colleges. Well, I, I'm waiting because C is, unfortunately, at this point, still my strongest language. So I'm hoping that someday there'll be a shortage of C programmers and I can step up and make bank. It, it, sure. Okay. Yeah, it, the thing is, uh, what was it? I was talking to a mentee the other day, and they had gone through a dev interview, and you know, and I don't want this to go into a rant because this is our big end of year show. Way to foreshadow there. Yeah. This guy got rejected because he stated in a dev interview what I think, what I definitely agreed to be true, and that is once you understand how coding works, the language is irrelevant. That's absolutely true. Yeah. Did did someone slam him on that? Yeah, because he he didn't know whatever language, Java or JavaScript or whatever the language that that guy wanted him to know, but he knew coding. He knew how to do it in Python. He knew how to do it in in, um, C-sharp. That statement he made is absolutely correct. I, I would question the abilities of anyone who disagreed with him i yeah i told him i'm like hey how long i asked him i he didn't know but how long do you think that guy has been in his position because it's a it's a it's a behavior i see from people who you know have just recently been promoted to management right this is a there's a belief that all i have to do is keep doing what i did because that's why they promoted me no it, and it takes a while for a new manager to realize, no, what got me here isn't going to get me there. 
All right, I, I could rant as well, but I think instead, I told I told I told this guy that hey, don't worry about it because if that's how the like literally that guy did you a favor. You don't want to work on that team. No kidding. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. And I'm going to curb my rant over this and the causes that may happen, and uh, perhaps suggest that we start the show. All right, let's do that. <laughs> Okay, it is our every year, like we've been doing it for a long time. This is our third. I don't think we did it the first year. Maybe we did. I don't remember. But anyway, <laughs> we are end of year recap. No, we did. Okay. We for sure did it our every first year because we uh, started in March. Coming up April. Coming up on our uh, – now I forgot what I was doing because Brent interrupted me. But that's okay. That's what we do on this show. End of it's the year cool. show. Uh, end of the year show, we're going to – to have a little intro to a re-intro to A-B testing. If this is your first episode, raise your hand. Put your hand back on the car wheel. A <laughs> uh, little re-intro to A-B testing for any new listeners. We're going to take a look back at the predictions we slash Brent made for 2017 because I've forgotten mine. Well, yeah. a little, little bit of year in review, kind of what happened with uh, A-B testing over the years, over the last year. And then finally, our predictions for 2018. Sound good? Yep. Let's okay. do it. Okay. So the first thing is there's a couple little perhaps inside jokes, uh, not jokes, inside statements, things that maybe a new listener wouldn't understand. So Brent, explain the title, A-B testing. Is it about experimentation? Sure. Actually, no. <laughs> it is. You are so, a crappy cohort. <laughs> no. So so for those who haven't, haven't listening and, and actually – Right, we we have seen on Twitter that actually there's at least one person that both Alan and I are aware of that has started on recent episodes and going backwards. They'll discover the inside uh, language very quickly. So, the so A/B a- testing is essentially it's a in my view it's a double entendre. It is number one. It stands for Alan and Brent testing. There's no slash in the A/B testing, but. When we first started the, the, the show, for those who haven't listened, um, both Alan and I, uh, I think we still were both in test. No, I wasn't at that point in time. But uh, we both saw that data was becoming more prevalent. So uh, I thought the name A-B testing would, would not only allow us to sort of cover uh, – uh, the testing sort of themes, but it would be a great name that would allow us to carry on and, and go into data science themes, and I think it's proven out correct. Very happy with the name. So A-B yeah. testing, Alan and Brent, sometimes about A-B experimentation. Sometimes, yes. All right. I think we had two episodes where you were talking about – you talking about actual – Yeah, yeah. I, since we've been giving this podcast, I gave at one point a – I was asked to come in at the last minute for fill in for someone who canceled giving a talk on A/B testing at a dev conference in Las Vegas, and the talk went well enough that they asked me to come back and give a regular workshop on A/B testing, which I did a couple maybe two years ago. Nice. So yeah, and that's where I I, I like doing that because I could talk about it and I threw out like math terms that Brent said, oh my God, Alan may actually know what he's doing. Even if he doesn't, he used the correct math term. Like, you know, hey, fake it till you make it. <laughs> Story of my career. 
you're there to teach. So there's it's another. It's irrelevant whether or not you know what you're teaching. There's another <laughs> term we throw out. We reference the three or one of the three all the time. Yep. Brent, what does that mean? What is all that about? Oh, that's in reference to the fact that we are just a low production, crappy podcast and have only three no, listeners. Look, look, we are, we are a high production, crappy podcast. When we first started, we, were, we joked a lot about our three listeners. In fact, we knew them because they were uh, mostly Microsoft people. And so we joked about our three listeners. And when, we, when someone asked a question, we sure it was one of the three. And while we know there are many more than three listeners now, we still like to refer to our listeners. And thank you very much for listening, by the way. If you're listening still, if you haven't given up on this podcast, for being one of the three, even though three is, has turned into a metaphor for many. So that's, we refer to the three a lot. It will always be part of our nomenclature. But the three <laughs> refers to all of our listeners. Yes. And probably worth mentioning is because we don't have, and this is probably a prediction or a goal or a work item for 2018, is we should probably have some small bios on the A-B testing site. But then again, people don't, most people just subscribe to the podcast and don't actually go to the website. But we're both, both worked at Microsoft for a long time. Brent still works at Microsoft. Yep. And I work at Unity Technologies. Technologies, Unity Technologies, uh, focusing on quality, but from a data perspective on something we call the modern tester, which we've talked about many times on the show. I'm not going to give a recap of that, but I think it's something that will probably come up in just about every show for a while. Yeah. And Brent is a principal data scientist manager at data science manager at Microsoft still. And we get together every few weeks and record this podcast. If you're a new listener, that's kind of the gist of who we are. Let's get on to the meat of the show, which is predict. Was it predictions from last year? You're not going to do number one. Number one is part of the predictions from last year. Oh, you want to do predictions from last year? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Okay, so I'm going to read them here because I have them in front of me. 2017 predictions from Brent. And again, I don't remember mine. And last year's prediction show had horrible audio and I had to cut them off. Something weird happened. I'm blaming it on Microsoft. Number one, Brent, we will finally have AB testing branded gear on Cafe Press. Did that happen? It did. Actually, it did. I think I've only told Brent and those on our Slack team, one of the three dot slack.com, DM me. Alan Page, A-L-A-N-P-A-G-E on Twitter and with your email address, and I'll get you signed up. But we have a Cafe Press store, uh, minimal right now. Happy to take feedback any way you can get a hold of me if you want to see different items. Uh, I don't have uh, much or really any influence on the price. Uh, I think I've already knocked everything down, so we're making zero off of those because if you want A-B testing stuff, you should be able to buy it. And Brent is here, by the way, with an A-B testing coffee cup and polo shirt. Today. Yes. I'm, <laughs> so I, I, I'm fairly certain we have made two sales so far. That is excellent. That is excellent. <laughs> yeah. but, um, hey, just in time, you can, I think, if you order today... Today, meaning whenever I get this episode out, maybe you'll get it in time for Christmas. I don't know. But before I forget, and I'll guarantee I'll put this in the show notes, it's just cafepress.com, whack, A-B testing. 
Yeah, and and again, and Alan and I have talked about it. We're not making we're not making any money on that. As Alan was saying, it, it's we we kind of do this because we find it fun, and we we and we like to help influence change in these particular industries. We're not we're not here to turn a buck. If for some reason you're interested in it, it's now available. Knock yourself out. We we went through. Um, Oh, that's probably pretty early, but I'll give a a pre-step. Like one of the things I think was the coolest thing, one of the coolest things we did this last year uh, is all the logo rebranding stuff. So um, yeah. let's just jump topics completely into the uh, year in review. Sure. Like we'll that's, bounce back and forth. No, that's what I just did. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Right. So, um, but yeah, so. You know, there's been some discussion on the Slack channel that maybe someday we'll put together an AB conference. And if we do that, then we'll probably have to go someplace other than Cafe Press because to print out and produce swag. Yeah, I'm not thinking that far ahead. But but, but as far as the main point Brent was making, yeah, we occasionally, as you know, we will have advertisers on the show and who give us uh, a, a little bit of coin our way, which mainly goes towards... Recording equipment, hosting, stickers that we sent out to uh, many of the listeners that asked for them, uh, things like that. It's it not- goes back to essentially yeah. you guys. Absolutely. Yeah. So, Let's get on with your predictions. Uh, okay. So one of the things, and I think it's aligned with what you just said, one of the most common uh, things that happen in the last uh, few years is people are pinging us now. Hey, Brent, what episode did you talk about this or that thing? And I go, oh, dear God, I don't know. Someone should freaking title these damn things. I predict that I will actually get off my lazy ass and actually title the episodes. And in addition to that, I'm going to get them transcribed. We have like a whole topic on the whiteboard on predictions, on last year's predictions, and then the year in review, and then our predictions for 2018. But you don't seem to care about any sort of order. Oh, you're talking about our last year's predictions. You said predictions. All right, fine. Yeah, you're right. I, I don't care about order. Let me get back wait, into the new, order carrying tell you mode. What, let's just retitle. Screw A-B <laughs> testing. We'll just call this podcast, My, co- my Co-Host is a Moron. <laughs> Welcome to the My Co-Host is a Moron podcast. I'm Alan. <laughs> so, back on topic. 20- All right. So, our year in review, so, no, our no, last no. year's predictions. Yeah, Let's go back. Up. I'm going to read them to you so you don't get so damn confused, all right? All right. Okay. Number one, we did it. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we have a Cafe Press store, cafepress.com, whack A-B testing. Brent says he will finally graduate. Have you graduated? No. Are you about to graduate? I ha- I one more quarter, right? Uh, two more. I I await the results as to whether or not I have passed this current class, and if I have, then I have one class left. I'm sure you passed. Congratulations, Brent. Yep. Dev learning knowledge, machine learning is required at most schools for comp sci. I don't know if that's. I haven't researched that. I don't know if that's true or not. I definitely think that will happen at some point. I think I, it's. I do think it's growing up, and it it could just be because I sit right next to our machine learning team at Unity, but it seems like a lot more emphasis. I, and and it could be there's a bias where 
I may just notice machine learning and AI more in the news and articles. We'll talk but, more about that, but it is not just a bias. Okay. Yeah. Uh, deep learning will finally hit buzzword status. I don't know if it did or not, man. No, it's actually, it not only hasn't hit buzzword status, or it did and it went through it pretty quickly. Like now, back a year ago, people were talking about it all the time. Now it's just like, eh, another AI thing. Okay. Yeah. All right. What about, I don't know what your prediction was around data-driven testing. I don't know. All right. Well, there was a prediction. Well, I'm going to assume it came true then. So this year, I'm, I'm looking over at the, uh, the recording, and I'm not seeing all the buzzy things that were popping in last year. So we may actually get all the way to our predictions this time if the clock doesn't run out and if Brent can stay on track. So not a, a wonderful recap of last year's predictions because we couldn't quite remember them. But we got the Cafe Press store up. That stuff is moving along. I don't know if we'll have predictions as much as goals this year. I may think of something in the spur of the moment coming up here in about 15 minutes. But yep. let's go ahead and uh, do you want to talk – do you mind go talking ahead. about 2017 and kind of everything that happened? Or can I start? Do you want to start? How do you want to No, so 2017, big year for us. Um, we had uh, a multiple different – uh, sponsors interested in reaching yep. out. We had, uh, and I'm going to go ahead and give another free shout out. So a lot of, we had Star on the show several times for each of their conferences uh, with with promo codes. We had Kobiton uh, on the show a couple times uh, with some promo codes, yep. and we're going to have um, some new sponsors in 2018. And again, uh, one thing about our sponsors is, as I said before, we're not here to make a buck, so. When someone approaches us about sponsorship, it's always like, is this a product that I would use? Maybe not one that I can use now, but if I was testing the sort of thing that this helps me with, or if I had the sort of problem this is supposed to help solve, is this something I would consider? So we're, Or is it something we think our listeners would actually use? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So we're, we aren't uh, – we do try and be careful about those things. So we'll have a few more in, and if you're listening and you, and you would like us to – uh, advertise for whatever you're shilling. We're pretty cheap because again, it's not about making money. It's about paying for web hosting, uh, trying to keep great A/B testing episodes continuing to come. Speaking of which, this is not a sponsor, but if any of you are uh, thinking of getting into uh, audiobooks, of course you can go to Audible, Audible.com, whack A/B testing. This is Alan jumping in during post production. The actual link is audibletrial.com, black, A-B testing. Thanks. Check out and just use that. You'll get uh, the first month free and you can check it out. Yeah. Uh, I've been thinking about, I normally don't like audiobooks. Uh, I, I normally have a problem with audiobooks because I can read faster. But I've been, that read can faster, you? I can usually read faster than I can have the book read to me. Hmm. Uh, but... I've been running a lot in 2017. Uh, my goal was to run 510 miles, which would have been 10 miles for every every year I was alive. I turned 52 last month. Deep into the tangents, which for new listeners we're famous for, uh, between travel 
And the new job and things, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to quite make it. I'm around 460 right now. I'm not sure I can get 50 miles in before the end of the year. But 10 miles every other day. Done, dude. Yeah. Uh, but I've been thinking, of, I've been getting kind of burned out listening to music. Uh, <laughs> uh, podcasts, I usually run longer than the podcast lasts. I, th- I was thinking maybe about getting in, into audiobooks and listening to books while I run. I'll keep the listeners posted. And again, if you do want to hit that goal, you'll have plenty of time. If you want to hit the, your running goal for the year, you have plenty of time. I have two weeks. Right. So back, back in the day when I was actually in cross country, when we were in, in training season, we'd run a minimum of 10 miles every day. Yeah. Uh, I'm old. It's hard for me to go that far on a daily basis. All right. Okay. I will do my best. Ibuprofen. So let me talk a little bit about 2017 from my perspective. Go ahead. The first episode last year is when I announced I was leaving Microsoft. In fact, it was just almost exactly a year ago when I accepted the offer at Unity. Wow, what a year it's been. Can't yeah, that believe year it. went by fast. It did, didn't it? Yeah. And then the, so that then, the, then we had the, a show on my very last day at Microsoft on a Friday, and Brent brought in some wonderful tequila, which we drank on the air at <laughs> 8 in the morning. So that was a, that was a fun day. It was a fun day. Uh, I had, early in my Unity career, uh, I had the realization that what I run isn't an organization as much as a community. And I was very, very proud of my ability to recognize that. And then when, later in the year, I went and reread Agile Testing, the Crispin Gregory book that we both yep. like a lot. There was a chapter right in there that said just like in one paragraph, it talked about the exact same thing, how it's more of a community. I think this is the year, like 2017, if you take it all up, I think it's the year from our um, perspective of the modern tester. And yeah, because I right? want- And I think all of it kind of fed into it. You going into this, you realizing like, hey, I want to start something new. I want this guys, these guys to be heading in the correct direction. What is it? And I think as you and I have talked on the air and off air around what you're going through, we've sort of formalized the sort of concept. Yeah, and when we think about modern testing, it's it's it definitely is a huge basis, a huge Venn diagram with agile testing. With yeah, some, for sure. With some plus pluses in there. And I talked to my my whole team knows that the way I look at my role is I run this community. I am in the process of slowly moving. In fact, not slowly. I moved a big chunk of my org to not report to me. So we changed the dotted lines and the solid lines. And they're still part of my community. They're going to report to other people. Eventually, I'd like everyone in my org to report to other people, and I will still run the community. I will still coach them and help them, help them educate developers they work with. And then eventually, when that community can become self-sustaining, then my role is no longer needed. And that is, I think, the natural evolution of modern testing, where the testers actually become full. They, They don't need a director of quality to help them be successful in their job. They, they know enough about how to make things work and they've influenced the dev team and the dev team understands what full, how to leverage a quality and testing expert and what full team quality ownership looks like and how to use data. And those things are just natural to how they work. I am absolutely not needed. And everybody knows that won't happen tomorrow or next week or next month or probably next year, but they also agree that the direction makes sense. Yeah, and the thing I think that's particularly great about this, and I've seen it over and over again, um, 
the number one thing that slows down Agile is command and control. And if you want to get your team to spin up, you've got to have brave – I don't know why it takes brave leaders, but it seems to. You have to have brave leaders that, that are like, no, I am going to direct the removal of command and control from so, the system. slight tangent rant. Is there, is there a, a tan rant, tangent, tangent, tangent rant? Rangent? Rangent? I don't know. Okay. So many times I see either one of the other or a combination of the two of agile doesn't work and here's why and they explain what they're doing is not even agile at all. And then a focus in agile on the iteration versus the adaptation. What I'm talking about in my role is purely adaptive. It's the way the org should adapt to being more efficient. The way the org should adapt to a word we've used a lot this year, accelerating, a phrase, accelerating the achievement of shippable quality. We've actually talked about specialists as well, and it occurs to me, right, what is a, what is a, the head of a command and control system? They're essentially a specialist in decision-making for, for that business context. Mm-hmm. Specialists are bottlenecks in, in this agile world. I think so. Yeah, absolutely. That's, right. That's, it, if if you like, you, you say you're going to work to remove your job, and at some point in time, maybe you will. But maybe also Unity grows, and instead, you end up having to you know scale to several hundred or several thousand people. Right. That's that's that it, should be fine because you're sure. you're, you're shooting out. It's, it's adaptation. It's, right. it's adaptation. It's it's looking at the context and adapting. It's right. not like I have a, a map in place and I know that I talk a lot about current state and desired state and desired state is a moving target. And that's fine. And I think the key to success in uh, any sort of knowledge work, but in, in software where I tend to have some specialization is in willing to be adaptive and not getting stuck into a formulaic rights. Yep. We also talked in talking about modern testing, a uh, couple of my favorite episodes, uh, maybe my second favorite is the, the time machine episode where Brent pretended to be a traditional test manager. That was and fun. I, and I was the modern <laughs> test manager and uh, Brent tried to tell me how stupid he was. And I tried to tell you how easy my life was. And, and it was, it was a good time, but my favorite episode was episode 60. I yep. think that's a, that's a shared favorite. It I is. I think we managed to capture a lot of the things we really care about and are passionate about in a way that actually made sense. So if you're working your way backward or jumping around, uh, 60 is one that we recommend. Yeah, if you're only going to listen to one episode, stop listening to this one right now <laughs> and go to 60. <laughs> um yeah, no, I, I I was particularly proud of that episode. I Good. think we we really gelled a bunch of concepts together. Uh, it really inspired a lot of conversation on the Slack channel and other places. Um, and uh, what I'm particularly happy about is what I observed from some of our listeners is it really inspired action. A lot of people were were. Um, sitting around and going, oh, well, I got time so I can do it. And um, what I see is it, it is it really got people going, you know what? I actually don't know how much time I have. And even if I have a lot of time, it seems like going down this approach is going to make my life better anyway. Um, 
And I know, for example, um, uh, there's one of our listeners that's that's actually doing in his job now several of the things that we have described on the on the well, podcast. Th- there's more than one, yeah. At least because uh, one thing is weird at Microsoft. We have some listeners at Microsoft. But when I was at Microsoft, nobody on my team, except for maybe one occasionally, would ever listen to the podcast. But I have, it, as we've been going on here, I've been growing the listeners among my team, which makes me a little self-conscious. But I don't think I've said anything to embarrass them or incriminate them or me. So I think it's all right. But I have listeners on my team, in my community. None of my coworkers, employees... Listen, um, and I think it's fairly clear why. Uh, they get enough of listening to me babble day to day. Why would they want to do more of it? Yeah, and a lot of my team, yeah. of course, because they're embedded in another team, they interact with me for a half hour to an hour a week during one-on-ones usually. My leads get a little bit more time in general, but they don't hear me babble all the time. Uh, so maybe this so is their chance. It's an opportunity for them to maybe understand some of the things that you're saying better. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, I want to, before we get run out of time, go ahead and dive forward into some predictions and comments about, I don't know if it's predictions, goals, things I think they're going to happen in 2018. And maybe do you just want to go back and forth? Do you want to give one and I'll give one and we'll go till we run out of time? Sure. Do you want to start? I mean to start. Well, so one of the things that we normally did, and it got truncated off, is we predict we try to predict what episode this show will be next year. So it, we did we did twenty two episodes. We this did last do twenty two episodes, and I think that's one of the more productive years we've done. I'm going to guess it's our most productive year. Yeah, I didn't do that analysis. I could do that math, but I'm going to pretty much say that's right. Um, but I vaguely recall it got clipped off, but I vaguely recall that we predicted that we would be somewhere in the 70s this time around. But we don't have proof, so I'm I can't sure. remember last week, let alone last right. year. So, But one of the things I was thinking about is so I will say I we will not do episode 100 next year. Uh, that is correct. Um, and I will say, but we'll get really darn close. So I am hoping now I have a I'm going to go beyond that prediction. I'm hoping we're kind of close to 22 next year. And then I did the math right. Uh, I'm not going to do it out for you on the air, but we started the podcast in early April. So this April will be our four year anniversary. So we have a reasonable chance. This is looking ahead to 2019. Assuming we're both still alive, we have a reasonable chance of hitting episode 100 on our fifth anniversary of podcasting and that would be kind of awesome there would there would definitely be no we could do there. that but i think we're going to be at like 99 by the end of next year if we do 22 episodes next year we'll be at uh 98 what do we have 73 no 95 95 then we do two in january 96 97 two in february 98 99 march we take off <laughs> <laughs> We'll see what happens. It'll be close. So, yep. so those will happen around the right times. Yep. Uh, but yeah, we'll I think see. you're about right. Um, and actually, I traveled a lot, and we had some cancellations. We got in 22, which I think is... So I'm going to predict 
that we will not do as good as next year as we did this year. And I'll predict that um, this episode, this time next year, will be episode 90. I'm going to say it's going to be 92. Okay. All right. Well, All right. Your prediction. Um, this, I think uh, 2018 is the year of modern testing. And I'm going to elaborate on that. I think it's a term we've used a lot to describe our what we think the future of the quality specialist role is. Right now, today, if you were to go to moderntesting.org, you would get redirected to angryweasel.com whack AB testing. One of the things I like to do with, uh, not overflowing, but with our, our funds in our bank account, in addition to paying for some transcription of our episodes, mm-hmm. uh, is hosting for moderntesting.org and turning that into a real website with information around modern testing. Uh, and I think... A community site. A, com- a community site, uh, just with information, with links. We'll put links to videos. Uh, at the online test conference, Danny Fott just gave a talk about modern testing. Links to links to uh, YouTube videos like that. Uh, links to my decks on modern testing, to your stuff. Uh, of course, yes. a, a link to the A-B testing podcast. I think I'd like for that in 2018 for moderntesting.org to become a real website. And for, I think my prediction is, uh, we will see more references to modern testing as a thing. And, yeah. uh, and maybe I'll rephrase it this way. In 2018, modern testing becomes, air quote, a thing. Okay, that's a good prediction. I actually... That's more of a goal than a prediction, but I'm going to go for it. We'll see what happens. Well, so a lot of it is, is out of your control, right? It assumes that our content is, ac- is, is good enough and other people contribute and it goes viral. We, like... So at the online test conference, um, I, I I don't recall his last name, but Jesper also yep. talked about the AP testing podcast. Yep. I haven't seen that deck or heard his presentation, um, I, so I don't know what the content was. I but, but I he assume, was talking a lot about the the shift left concept. Okay, so that's probably aligned with the modern yeah. tester. It is. I don't like that term shift left. I think it's kind of, I, anyway. As an aside, I, I, I but. I had almost written down, and I was trying to figure out how I could evaluate this and see if it's reasonable. But uh, what my instinct, so I guess this is literally a a, a baseless prediction, uh, and it's similar to what you're saying. Is is my my prediction is sometime in the next two years, and perhaps as early as next year. We see a tipping point in the job title of, of software test engineer, and that the rate at those jobs get opened um, starts to go on the decline. Yeah, I think there's that's a tough one because there's so many trailing companies. There are companies today that are going, "Hey, maybe we need SDETs. And yeah, uh, and again, it's entirely baseless. I I spent a good hour. Uh, looking for how could I trend this? How could I evaluate it? I thought about going to uh, like on air and say, okay, here's how we can start doing it. As of this point in time, I'm going to monster.com and I'm typing software test engineer. Oh, look, there's 43,000 jobs available. Let's see what happens next year. And my team's going through, uh, I'm having a thought discussion, an exercise with my team to try and think of if we were to have new titles, what would that new title be? 
and that's going through a lot of vetting right now. But don't do test ninja. No, absolutely not. Um, all right, but that I didn't put down, but I do have a sense that it's coming soon because it feels a lot like the global environment to me feels a lot like it did when it began to start here. Lots of discussion around this thing. Um, we're seeing we're seeing visibility into around the world. People are having these type of conversations. Hey, does this make sense? that we change? And once those solidify, um, the tipping point really begins to happen. My number one prediction is similar. This is this is the similar to what we talked about last. Um, that machine learning would be product. Uh, required curriculum. I actually see next year AI is democratized and service development knowledge of how to use ML APIs. The simple ones uh, is is common um, and use all uh, uh, the, the majority of service developers are perfectly comfortable calling ML APIs and they don't need to do the, the rich data science uh, validation stuff that I do. Along those same lines, I think that 2018 is the year when we begin to see machine learning officially creep its way into test automation. It's already in. No, not mainstream. Oh, mainstream. Yeah. I think it's uh, something that's recognized... Uh, there will be tool vendors beginning to come out with uh, machine learning uh, algorithms or machine learning to apply to test automation, uh, whether it's from test automation, current test automation vendors or, or widely used open source things used with existing test automation solutions. Uh, for example, use FUBAR machine learning with your Selenium to make your tests more more robust and or more, you know, get more coverage. I think that makes sense. I think that will happen this next year. And if it does, then I think the the tipping point discussion I just had is far more likely. Someone at in one of my questions after my automation talk at Heisenberg, someone asked, "Will machine learning replace the need for manual testers?" And I said, "Well, indirectly, because machine learning will reduce the need for automated testers, people who write test automation, not not people who are automated by testing. Machine learning will reduce the need for people to write test automation." There will be less yeah. test automation needed. I said it better then. Yeah. You and I are aware of many different projects that are now like 15 years old within Microsoft that was using AI for test functions. Right. Um, there was one that was using genetic algorithms uh, quite successfully to find bugs all the time. But it was, it was horrible at determining is this an important bug or not. That's because this was in a on-prem. This was in a sure. different world. Yeah, I, what you don't. I, it didn't have access to customer usage information. Right. That that's where the marriage comes in. That's the way I, exactly yeah. what I described it. Heisenberg. I said we're really close with that, with the uh, democratization and the ubiquitousness of customer data. Being able to use that as a feed, along with our test inputs and our test knowledge, those things are going to marry and actually use machine learning to find bugs that actually matter and find them quickly and find a lot of them. Right. I'm actually thinking about my own um, uh, my own project right now, and I'm like, you know what? 
I know my dev managers, um, the directors, I talk to them all the time, and I know that they would find this valuable, and I think actually this wouldn't be too hard. All right. <laughs> Back on track here. Give, yeah. me, give me another prediction. I will, I will finally graduate. You will finally graduate, yes. Yes. And I will reboot uh, blogging. On reboot, I don't know to what degree. Um, as you know, I, I own my blog site brand right now. But as you also know, I no longer really identify with my yeah. blog site brand. So a, a, a reboot may be necessary. Yeah. Uh, but that will happen. I'm trying to think if I have another It's one. a self-fulfilling prediction. Uh, I, I, it, I'm going to let you go on. All right. And then I would say the last and absolutely the most important is um, I predict over the next year that Kylo Ren will be revealed as Darth Reaven. <laughs> Doesn't Star Wars come out today? It does. Yeah. Matter of fact, uh, I'm going to be, my butt's going to be sitting down watching it and Two and a half hours. That's awesome. <laughs> I will I will head out sometime over the break. You don't want to weigh in on the, the Reven controversy? No. No. All right. It I, I get it. You wanna <laughs> you wanna play it safe. I, I, I do want to play it safe. <laughs> we'll see what happens there. Yep. Uh we are out of time. Anything else you want to cover here? No. We're good. All right. I hope you've enjoyed 2017 with A-B testing. I look forward to you hearing more of us in 2018. And please uh, email us tweets, Slack messages. Let us know what you want to hear about. And we're happy, always happy to share our opinions. Right? And Yep. And if you're in Europe, I uh, don't think it's too late to go see Ellen in, in Brighton. I'll be in Brighton in March. Test bash. Yep. Free plug. All right. I am the Allen part of A-B testing. And I am not. All right. We'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>